Welcome back, my fellow creatives. It's been a week. It's been a month. But you know what? That is why we explore different stories here on You've Got Five Pages to Tell Me It's Good. Because there are times where you just need to get the blazes out of reality, right? And so, but but you want to make sure you're actually going to make that escape. Um, and you can learn pretty quickly in those first five pages whether or not you will truly have that departure from the world around you. Now, I wasn't sure <laughs> that the choice I made would actually allow for that kind of escape. Because when I peeked at the dust, the dust jacket, it mentioned COVID-19 and I thought, hey, <laughs> We're still dealing with that. Why did I grab a book that's uh, dealing with COVID-19? But hold on. Hold on. Allow me to give a little bit more about why I picked this story. The book we are looking at today is called The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. I think that's how you pronounce the last name. If not, I apologize. Now, the desk, the desk jacket, I keep wanting to say desk jacket. The dust jacket is an intriguing design because it's, you know, it's trampled grass and a tag. So it looks like the title's printed on this tag and it's got the little D-link thing and there's blood splatter on it. So it's like, ooh. And the A of Kaiju is uh, like a dragon tail. So, ooh, mythical beasts, here we go. So I was stoked. I'm like, I thought, oh, that sounds great. And I just took a quick peek at the at the dust jacket. There we go. And the first line says, when COVID-19 sweeps through New York City, and I almost just shut it. I'm like, oh, no, I don't. I want to get out of the society right now. I don't want to be in it more. But hang on. I had to read for the first paragraph. Okay. New York City, uh, Jamie Gray is stuck as a dead-end driver for a food delivery app. That is, until Jamie makes a delivery to an old acquaintance, Tom, who works at what he calls an animal rights organization. <clears throat> Tom, Tom's team needs a last-minute grunt to handle things on their next field visit. Jamie, eager to do anything, immediately signs on. What Tom doesn't tell Jamie is that the animals his team cares for aren't here on Earth. Not our Earth, at least. And an alternate dimension! Massive dinosaur-like creatures named Kaiju roam a warm and human-free world. So I, <laughs> I I stopped at that point. I'm like, oh! Oh, we're gonna get away! Awesome! I want to go to another Earth. Let's go there. Can we please? So that's why I still grabbed this. Despite the embedded bit of today's problems we are still clearly going to get some escapism. At least I hope so. Let's find out if we get it in the first five pages of the Kaiju Preservation Society. Chapter one. Try not to burn my tongue here. Okay. Jamie Gray! Rob Sanders popped his head out of his office door and waved at me, grinning. Come on down! Let's do this thing! I got up from my workstation and grabbed the tablet with my notes, grinning as well. I glanced over to Kanisha Williams, who gave me a quick fist bump. Knock him dead, she said. 
Stone dead, I said, and walked into the CEO's office. It was time for my performance review, and I'm not going to lie, I was going to crush it. Rob Sanders welcomed, welcomed me in and motioned me over to his conversation pit, as he liked to call it, which was four massive primary colored bean bags around a low table. Oh my heavens. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that says so much about this workplace already. Okay. <laughs> Whew. All right. I'm getting back in. I'm getting back in. The table was one of those ones that had a magnetic bead that dragged around blinding white sand under the glass, making geometric patterns as it did so. So, so it's like a dentist office. And that's what little kids get to play with. I'm sorry. That's all I can think of. Shoot. Okay. This is this is supposed to be professional. We're we're gonna be professional. Okay. Currently, the bead was making a swirly pattern. I picked the red bean bag and sank into it, only a little awkwardly. My tablet briefly flopped out of my hand, and I caught it before it skittered off the bean bag and onto the floor. I looked up at Sanders, who was still standing and smiled. He smiled back, rolled over a standard desk chair, and sat in backward, arms crossed over the back, looking down at me. Oh, I see. CEO power move. Very nice, I thought. I wasn't worried about it. I understood how CEO egos worked, and I was prepared to navigate my way through this one. I was here for my six-month performance evaluation from Rob, and I was going to, as previously stated, knock him dead. Comfortable? Rob asked me. Supremely, I said. As discreetly as possible, I adjusted my center of gravity so I was no longer listing ever so slightly starboard. Good. How long have you been here at Food Mood, Jamie? I, I, it, it, it's spelled FUDMUD, but it, the U's have umlauts on them. So I, I did the U sound, and I'm hoping that was the way it was supposed to be pronounced. I don't know. <laughs> but I am delightfully, and I am, I have to admit, I am rather enchanted. This reminds me a little bit of one of the books I re read for Pride Month last year. Spell hackers, I want to say, where the voice of the narrator was just absolutely delightful. There's that bit of self-deprecation. There's also that bit of sarcastic ego. And so it, living the the moment through their eyes, it's always a good time. It, it, so I, I, I'm digging this so far. Six months. And how do you feel about your time here? I'm glad you asked, Rob. I feel really good about it. And in fact, I held up my tablet. I'd like to spend some time in this session talking about how I think we can improve not just the Food Mood app, but our relationships with restaurants, delivery people, and users. It's 2020 now, and the food delivery app space has matured. We really need to go all out to distinguish ourselves if we want to genuinely compete with Grubhub and Uber Eats and all the others here in NYC and beyond. So you think we can improve? Yeah, I do. 
I attempted to lean forward in the beanbag and succeeded only in driving my ass farther into its recesses. I rolled with it and just pointed to my tablet. So you've heard about this COVID-19 thing? I have, Rob allowed. I think it's pretty clear we're heading for a lockdown. Here in the city, that means people will be getting food deliveries even more than usual. But it also means that restaurants are going to be pinched because they won't be able to do table service. If Foodmude offered to lower our fees in exchange for exclusive listings and delivery service, we'd both make friends with restaurant owners and get a leg up on the other apps. You want us to lower fees? Yes. Decrease revenues during a possible pandemic. No, see here, that's the thing. If we move quickly and lock down, pardon the pun, the popular restaurants, we'll see revenues go up because our order traffic will go up. And not just our revenue, our delivery people, deliverators. Oh my heavens. <laughs> I shifted in the big beanbag. What? Deliverators. That's what we're calling them now. Clever, right? I thought up the term. I thought Neil Stephenson did. Who? He's a writer. He he wrote Snow Crash. And that's what? A Frozen sequel? It's a book, actually. Rob waved his hand dismissively. If it's not Disney, we won't get sued for it. You were saying? Our, uh, our, our deliverators could also see an uptick. We could pay a higher delivery fee to them. Not too much. I saw Rob starting to frown here. Just enough to differentiate ourselves from the other apps. In a gig economy, just a little boost goes a long way. We could actually build some loyalty, which would improve service, which would be another differentiator. <laughs> oh my goodness, I did not think... A performance evaluation would be fun to read. Yet here we are. I'm on the third page. <coughs> and I'm just, I, I guess I could almost take like a couple more chapters of these two just playing this bizarre chess game of an exchange for a performance review because just the way he is constantly trying to play to read his boss with a degree of well of course i know what i'm doing to i'm not sure how he's gonna respond it, it, i guess it also reminds me a lot of like um uh just a hail back to the decades of yore for a moment it, it reminds me a bit of bill murray in scrooged where he's quickly trying to like be aware of what his boss is it rob mitchell uh or no bob mitchum sorry bob mitchum is going to do like when bob mitchum starts talking about how cats watch tv <laughs> and that they need to make sure their christmas special has something for cats and then bill murray jumps on that with the well of course we were going to have mice in the show it, you know it that's what this reminds me of so i am i am enjoying this immensely even though we so far have not met any kaiju and because i saw the dust jacket i do know where this is going now, does that wreck the stakes for a writer? I don't think so, because we still don't... While we know he's going to be demoted or 
working for another competing agency as far as just a delivery driver goes. We like we know something is going to go wrong for this protagonist. Because we need that to go wrong for in order for him to meet the kaiju. So we're eagerly anticipating the going wronging here, as it were. And it's okay to enjoy that moment because it's like, yes, we know it's coming. But it is also through this exchange, we're getting a sense of our protagonist's ego. We're getting a sense of their attitude about things, their um, ideas about being able to do problem solving, which I have a feeling if, you know, since he's supposed to be working with an animal rights organization in another dimension, we could see these kinds of skills coming back into play, which would be really interesting. So establishing them here in this first scene makes sense. And it's also a scene that is very relatable to other readers. Working in another dimension with, what do they describe? The kaiju isn't going to be immediately relatable to readers. So starting with something that is, let's just say, normal for a lot of readers gives Scalzi a chance to to focus on establishing the character because this kind of exchange is an understandable situation. We're it's a relatable situation, so we can focus on how this character interacts around quote unquote normal people. Though I don't know, I don't know how normal I'd call this boss, but that's okay. Maybe he's he's quite normal compared to other bosses. But that's. I, I can appreciate how we're doing this. Um, so yes, we do know that this interview is going to go horribly wrong. So let us enjoy it going horribly wrong. I'm gonna keep reading. You want to compete on quality, basically. Yes, I made a pointing gesture which sank me farther into the beanbag. I mean, we're already better than the other apps. We just have to drive the point home. It'll cost a little more, but it will be worth it, is where you're going with this. I think so. I know, wild, right? But that's the whole point. We'll be where everyone, everyone else in the food delivery app space isn't. And by the time they figure out what we're up to, we'll own New York City for starters. You have bold ideas, Jamie, Rob said. You're not afraid to take risks and move the conversation. I beamed and set down my tablet. Thank you, Rob. I think you're right. I took a risk when I left my doctorate program to come work at Food Mood, you know. My friends at the University of Chicago thought I was nuts to pack up and move out to New York to work for a startup. But it just felt right. I think I'm really making a difference in how people order food. I'm glad to hear you say that, because the reason we're here is to talk about your future with Food Mood. Where best to place you so you can utilize that passion you so clearly feel? Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, Rob. I tried to move forward again in the beanbag, failed, and decided to risk, risk a small push-up. It realigned the beanbag, so I was in a slightly less comfortable compacted position, but my tablet slid into the well my body had created. I was now sitting on my tablet. I decided to ignore it. Tell me, tell me how I can serve the company. Deliver rationing. Deliver, wait, 
deliberationing. I, I think I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's how that's supposed to be said. I blinked. What? Deliberationing, Rob repeated. That's what our deliberators do. They deliberate. So deliberationing. I can't. Oh my heavens. Okay. Is that manifestly different from delivery? No, but we can't trademark delivery. <laughs> I, I changed the subject. So you want me to head up Food Moods deliver-ationing strategies? Rob shook his head. I think that's too limiting for you, don't you think? I don't understand. What I'm saying, Jamie, is that Food Mood needs someone like you on the ground, in the trenches, giving us intel from the street. He waved out the window. Real, gritty, unvarnished as only you can. I took a minute to let this sink in. You want me to be a Food Mood delivery person. Deliverator! That's not actually a position in the company. That doesn't mean it's not important to the company, Jamie. I tried to adjust again. Failed again. Wait, what's going on here, Rob? What do you mean? I thought this was my six-month performance review. Rob nodded. In a way it is. But you're telling me you want me to be a delivery per deliverator, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's not actually a position with the company. You're laying me off. I'm not laying you off, Rob assured me. Then what are you doing? I'm presenting you with an exciting opportunity to enrich the food mood work experience in an entirely different way. A way that doesn't pay me benefits or give me health insurance or a salary. Rob tutted at this. You know that's not true. Food Mood has a reciprocal agreement with Dwayne Reed that gets our deliverators up to 10% off selected health products. Yeah, all right, we're done, I said. I hefted myself up out of the beanbag, slipped, and fell back on my tablet, tablet cracking the screen in the process. Perfect. Don't worry about that, Rob said, pointing to the tablet as I finally hauled myself out of my seat. It's company property. You can just leave it when you go. I flung the tablet over to Rob, who grabbed it. You're a real asshole, I said, just so you know. We're going to miss you as part of the Food Mood family, Jamie, Rob said. But remember, there's always a slot open for you in deliberating. That's a promise. I don't think so. Your choice, he pointed out the door. Kanisha has your severance paperwork ready to go. If you're still here in 15 minutes, building security will help you find the door. He got up out of his chair, walked to his desk, dropped the tablet into the trash can there, and pulled out his phone to make a call. You knew, I said accusingly to Kanisha as I walked up to her. You knew, and you wished me luck anyway. Sorry, she said. Put up your fist. She did, confused. I punched it lightly. There, I said. I'm taking back that previous solidarity fist bump. Fair, she handed me my severance paperwork. 
I was also told to add to, to tell you that a Deliverator account has been opened in your name. She said Deliverator like it hurt her to say it. You know, just in case. I think I'd rather die. Don't be hasty, Kani Jamie, Kanisha warned. That shutdown is coming. And our Dwayne Reed discount is now up to 15%. And I'll end there. That's just a little over five pages, and that's where that scene ends. Yeah, it's, it's a great... I, I, again, I appreciate that we can't just jump right into the other dimension yet. And what the what Scalzi has done is use that opening scene to establish what our character is like, as well as his situation, and what could be also a motivator in encouraging him to just take a risk, because that is something the boss himself even said, "You take risks, Jamie." So it, we, it's pretty clear that Jamie is one who is going to jump into the unknown. And Jamie no longer has anything to lose. So I'm intrigued by this. And it this isn't it doesn't look like a very long book. So this could just be like a fun little like, hey, getting into summer kind of read or something. But uh no matter what you want to do, if if you are one that needs a little escapism from the insanity of this planet right now. Maybe you would like to just uh, jump into another dimension where there's giant things called kaiju roaming around and there's no people. So that sounds like fun. Check out the Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Uh, what do we find next week? I don't know, but I'm geared to find out. Until then, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Cheers. <laughs>